The following podcast contains sexual innuendos, tea spilling explicit language, getting the real dirt and drama. Side effects include, but are not limited to, your eyeballs not being able to go back in your head, extreme addiction to the show, and possibly a non-identifying yellow rash. The podcast is rated MA, NSFW, OMFG, WTH, JF, ROFL, YOLO, AFAP, and is unsafe for the timid. Don't worry, it's super fun and positive too. So are you ready to get dirty? I clicked TV is contact by satellite. Tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of iClick TV's Dirty Reality where we get the dirt, get a little dirty, one deed at a time. The Dirty Rally Podcast is iClick TV's way of saying screw boring entertainment podcast that asks the same old questions. If you love reality TV, pop culture, and the people on them, this is the podcast to be at. You guys know we always try to go next level with our guests, giving you, the fan, the most incredible listening experience. This is your host, Ray. On this episode, we are talking this week's hot topic and have a very special guest for you. Joining me is my co-host, Linda, and we are ready to get dirty. So we are super excited to have our guest today from Bravo's hit show, Project Runway. She's a total standout, bold, fun, and cute as fuck. Please help me welcome Brittany Allen to the show Brittany, what's up? How are you? Uh, hi. Oh, my God. That was quite the intro. <laughs> I love just, like, with it running. That was amazing. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. You're welcome. We we write all the content here. We try to, like, give someone an awesome intro and everything else because <laughs> you deserve it. Love when people say, you know, they love it. Thank you for that. <laughs> I do. I love it. I'm excited. Yeah, Ready to give yeah. you all the dirt. Dirt, 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 dirt. Awesome. So we'll, we'll, dive, we'll dive right in. So, Brittany, fans are always interested in what the audition process is like from their favorite reality show. Give fans a look through your eyes getting on the show. Tell us everything. Well, so the audition process is very interesting. Um, and what's crazy is a lot of people don't know, I actually tried out three, I think three or four times before this oh. season. So, yeah, I had tried out um, a long time ago. In 2013, I think, was um, a year that I tried out actually twice. And I tried out last season and then this season. So it's kind of been like a long road. I took a really long hiatus just to kind of figure out who I was as a designer because they do want somebody that has a voice. They want somebody that has a very strong point of view because they want you to really tunnel that and kind of, you know, really show that in every single design just based on whatever the challenge is. So I really had to make sure that I had a good point of view. But it's a lot of just showing your collections and a lot of, you know, showing your personality and making sure you're the right fit. And I did have to realize, you know, through the audition process over the last five, six years, um, it is – something that it is a puzzle piece. I mean, reality TV is a puzzle piece. It has, has nothing to do, you know, at the end about your talent. It's, 
you know, if you make a good fit with the rest of the cast or, you know, if you're going to be showing your personality to the best of your abilities. So it was something that I, I knew, like, my time would come and I just had to keep trying because it is something that I wanted for so long. But, yeah, a lot of showing showing your pieces, showing your abilities and skills, but also really being who you are and showing your personality to the fullest. Yeah, that That's seems great. to be, no matter who we ask that question to, the the running thing through the board is always be yourself. So people be yeah, yourself. And it's, it's something that I, yeah, I had to tell myself too, like, if you put on this front to, you know, they're not the judges. I mean, they're just people, you know, like casting producers. Um, I told myself, if you put on this like front and you are somebody that you think that they want to see, it's going to be exhausting for you to have to keep that person up throughout the whole season. And then even after the season that you have fans. Right. So I just had to, I mean, I felt like, you know, the first, one of the first times that I tried out, I was like, listen, I'm the bitch that can like, you know, serve it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, wasn't, I was just really trying to be someone that I thought that they wanted me to be. And I was like, wow, that was really tiring. And so this season, especially, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to be me. I'm going to say exactly what's on my mind. And if I don't feel right with something, I'm going to voice that as well. But if I am myself, then I can just keep being myself throughout the entire season and just be me after the season. And my fans know that they're getting 100% Brittany Allen. Like they're not getting anybody else, me trying to be anybody else. And I don't have to keep up that persona. And that was just really important for me to just you know, really hone into my personality and let that shine throughout the audition process and the season as well. No persona, so I love that. Yeah. Since all of the designers live together, what was it like living with your competition? Actually, okay, so I really loved it. I actually really, really loved it. And I don't, I mean, you probably get a lot of people that are like, oh, I hated it. And we were all <laughs> like up in each other's business, but I fucking loved it. Like, you know, you have all these people in this workroom essentially and you're working together and you see what they're working on and you're trying to get like the tea on like where their inspiration comes from and their techniques that they're using, but you're also learning from them. But then you got to realize like you're closed off from the world and this is really kind of where all your focus is going into this competition. So when you go home, you're also able to kind of talk through your design to these people that you're in a competition with and they're kind of like playing these second pair of eyes on your design. I never, in the, in the end, in the back of my mind, I always knew that, you know, $300,000 was on the line and I was essentially competing against 15 other people in the house. But it's inevitable whenever you are around those people for so long and that's really all you have to talk to and you're all going through the exact same experience that you have a bond. And so you almost kind of forget a little bit, but it is the competition and you're, I mean, I, I almost felt like I was on the real world half of the time because I was like, these are all my friends and we're drinking and we're having fun. And then I was like, oh shit, these are all people standing in between me and $300,000. What is one thing you wish you would have known before going on Project Runway? Ooh, interesting. Mm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I think I was, I mentally prepared. I tried to mentally prepare myself for everything that was going to come my way. Um, you know, I just, I tried to re- think about any type of challenge that may be thrown at us, what that would look like. And if it was one of the challenges that would come up, what I would try to design. I really tried to mentally prepare myself. I wish I would have known 
that I wouldn't maybe I wouldn't have had an appetite. Uh, I had like no appetite filming the entire show, zero appetite. I lost 22 pounds. Wow. Because I would have like tried to prepare like maybe a protein shake situation, um, or like really tried to get on like an eating schedule. But you know when you're consumed with a competition so much, like you, I didn't want to eat at all on the show. I'm yeah. very proud of all of my designs. I stand by everything. And as a designer, I think it's very strong. I think it's very important for a designer to do that, stand by their work. So in that sense, I don't regret anything I did. I just, I think the conditions more of like, you know, what a competition looks like and being so invested in a competition that you really forget about everyday things like eating and sleeping and exercising, yeah. like those kinds of things. I wish I would have known that my mind wouldn't have been you know, present for the everyday things that I was used to doing. Wow. Well, my question will kind of, you know, come from that too a little bit because, you know, we know the challenges are no joke. So oh, yeah. what did what did you do? What helped you deal with the pressures of like the design materials, your time constraints, you know, and other, you know, competitors? How did you... How did you deal with that? You know, at any point that I, I think it was really important to go into the competition and just like stick to what you know. Like I know it's so cliche, but you know, Brandon says, stay in your lane. And every time that I stayed in my lane, the first challenge, um, I felt like I really did good on the second and the fourth, the sixth and the seventh challenge. Um, I won the very first challenge, the seventh challenge. And then I won the fan favorite on number six. Yeah. Every single time that I did really well in the competition, like I was doing things that I knew I do well, like feminine silhouettes and working with fabrics right. that I can ace no matter what. I'm really sticking to like what I'm good at and not trying new things. The big project no-no or the big project runway no-no is to like pick fabrics that you've never worked with, to do silhouettes and patterns that you've never experimented with before. And every time that I got out of my head and I was like, let me try something new, I completely fucking blew it. Like, unconventional materials and the tuxedo thing, I don't do menswear. I don't do, like, tailoring um, for the opposite sex. Like, that was insane. So I I should have just done something very feminine and really played with the fluidity of, like, gender-specific apparel um, and done something, like, crazy and pink and just really pushed those boundaries. But instead, I got in my head, and I was like, let me do a tailored piece for a man. Yeah, it was really brutal to watch. Um, <laughs> cried a lot. Oh, <laughs> um, I felt bad. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that one, well, that one was, like, a complete blur. Yeah. I loved your Cindy Lauper one, though, from the 80s. Thanks. The 80s. That was adorable. I don't care what anybody says. I loved it. I would say like 50% of the internet loved it and 50% of the internet absolutely loathed it. Yeah. You're always going to have haters. Yeah. Um, So I have a question. This is getting a little personal. Um, So our research team found out that you had a stroke about a year or so ago. I did. Um, First of all, we're ecstatic that you're doing so well. Thank now, you. What happened? Were you on actual, when the stroke happened, were you on the actual flight? Yes. I was on the flight. Um, it was a oh. flight from Austin to Los Angeles. 
And right. about midway through, I think it's like a little bit over three hour flight on from Los Angeles to Austin. Um, it was about an hour and a half in that I felt like my hand, my the, my right hand going numb, and I was just thinking, oh, I may just lifted it for too long, like on my phone or on my computer. I may have just lifted it for too long. Maybe it's asleep. And then all of a sudden it started moving into my leg and in my face at the same time. And I completely like internally had a panic attack. And I was actually on a Southwest flight, which, you know, you can text message on a Southwest flight. Right. So I, I actually was texting my husband. I was like, something's wrong. Like I can't feel the complete right side of my body. It's weird. So he was like, why don't you do a stroke test? Like turn your camera on, look at your face. And it looked like my face, my face was almost melting. The skin was melting off my face. Like I couldn't lift any part of, you know, the parts of your face that you use for expression. Right. So I started having a little panic attack internally and I tried to walk to the bathroom. I couldn't even get out of the seat. So um, I, I actually didn't, my, my husband like dishonored me for this a hundred times over, but he's like, why didn't you tell the, the flight attendant? Like, why did you not tell someone that this is happening? And my thought process, like being the Virgo that I am, I'm like, oh, if he would have landed and I wasn't having a stroke, I would have been mortified. Like, I would have been completely embarrassed. So I didn't tell anyone. And I just sat there for another hour and a half. But then it turns out I couldn't even get on the, off the flight whenever we were deboarding. And so that's when they called the ambulance. And um, wow. that was, it, was, it was very scary to have to deal with that consciously and you know, wow. internally. For wow. <laughs> I do regret not telling someone. It's time for a quick commercial break. When we come back, it's everyone's favorite part of the podcast. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Let's talk streaming services. Starting at only $9 per month, housing the biggest movies, TV shows, documentary and anime out there and more recently two of the biggest reality tv shows love is blind and the circle with 4k hdrs and not one not two but the ability for four profiles set to your account what am i talking about netflix download the app happy binging welcome back everyone to iClick tv's dirty reality yes it's that time It's time to plead the dirty, Brittany. We are going to ask you five questions, and you can only refuse not to answer one of them. Brittany, are you ready to plead the dirty? I think so. I I mean, I'm an open book, but let's let's do it. Let's go. Dirty question number one. Tell fans about something a little wild, a little crazy that wasn't aired, maybe a little cat fight, something to do with production, or just something with a little juice to it. Oh, interesting. Um, it didn't make it on air. Okay. Um, yeah, so during the Goodwill Challenge, I actually had... Um, on my skirt, I had a skirt that I was using for my deconstruction outfit. And it had like this really like weird stain on it that I couldn't wash out. 
Um, so I was like on the floor with this like gloves, goggles, because I, I didn't know what it was. And I was like trying to scrub it out because I only bought enough material to make my look and I had to use a skirt. So I was literally sitting down on the floor, scrubbing it, like looking like a hazmat suit on, trying to get this stain out of my skirt. But who knows what it was? I don't know. They didn't say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Blade the Dirty question number two. If Derek gave you a hall pass, who would be your celebrity date from anybody on Bravo? Anybody on Bravo? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, this is also obviously a hypothetical question. If I got a hall pass, and also if he wasn't gay... Andy Cohen. Yummy. Oh, I think Andy yeah. Cohen is so hot. Oh, my God. He's oh my so good. hot. Yeah. Best answer That's ever. Fun. I totally agree. Plead the dirty question. Plead the dirty question number three. It's superlative time. I'm going to give you a word or phrase, and you tell us the first castmate that comes to your mind. No need to overthink it. Just the first person. Just for fun. Ready? Okay. Salty. Oh, shabby. Sensitive. Jeffrey. Thirsty. Jeffrey. (laughs) (laughs) Outlandish. Outlandish. Um, Giorgio. And finally... Most likely to send their model nude down the fucking runway. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Victoria, maybe. Yeah, Victoria. <laughs> awesome. Two more to go, Lynn. You're on. We're going to play a little bit of Would You Rather. Are you ready for this one? All right, let's do it. Okay. Okay. So would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or read people's minds? Mm. Read people's minds. Good one. Okay, so would you rather walk around completely naked for one week or not be able to design for one year? Oh, no. (laughs) I guess I'd have to walk around naked for a week. There you go. May God have mercy on the souls that saw me naked. (laughs) Okay, so would you rather not be able to have wine or alcohol for a year or not be able to have chocolate? Not be able to have chocolate. I'm a wino. (laughs) Yeah. Love wine. I love wine. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So would you rather not be able to use a sewing machine ever again or only be able to design in black and white? Isn't that a great question? Wow. This is hard for me because you guys know that I am, like, the color theorist of this season. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the hardest question that I've ever been given in my entire life. I guess not that's able to use awesome. time machine because I can yeah. hand sew like a son of a bitch. So. Awesome. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. So let's go to plead the dirty question number five. You're going right. on a trip. You're going on a trip out of the country for three weeks alone and you can only take and have access to one of the following things would you what would you take and why makeup 
cell phone, laptop, vibrator, or something else you have on your must-have list? Um, if you're a girl, you don't need a vibrator. Um, so that's out. Um, oh, shoot. I, can, I think I can deal without makeup if I go somewhere without sun. So I think I would take the laptop because I like to be inspired by imagery. I feel like it's a kind of the source for all things digital. I think I would take the laptop. Awesome. So I get more benefit. Okay, people, all five questions. She answered every single one of them. I did. Yes, I not refuse. Give it up. Come on. Awesome. <laughs> okay, but we have a few wrap-up questions. We'll go back in the green room, say our goodbyes. You're freaking awesome. Okay, here we go. Have you ever had the chance to check out Making the Cut, Heidi and Tim's new show? What do you think? And also, too, are you watching anything you think fans would love to check out due to what is going on in the world? Anything binge-worthy, binge-worthy that doesn't have the word tiger in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carol Baskin, you bitch. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I've been seeing memes and they're giving me life. Um, oh, the thing God. that we just binge-watched is Ozark, which is amazing because it's only a few hours from my hometown which is crazy, oh, wow. but, like, I noticed the Lake of the Ozarks, um, it's a little close to home, so that's quite amazing. But Ozarks is fantastic. I have to watch um, it. I, did, I watched the first two episodes of Making the Cut last Friday because I have actually kind of three, well, three friends on the show. Oh. So I have to support them, but I will tell you, I'm not – I think – I expected so much more from Heidi right. Tim and Amazon altogether because Heidi and Tim really paved the way. They were pioneers for fashion reality TV, essentially. Yeah. And I think that the concept is really interesting, um, you know, to really focus on the business and really, you know, I think one of the things about Project Runway that is a con is, you know, it's not called Project Seamstress. It's called Project Runway, and it should be right. based on the design. But I think sometimes they lose you know, across all 18 seasons. Sometimes they were like, oh, this is really beautifully put together, so I think that we should push this person forward. Well, I mean, you know, the design may be better somewhere else, just not the construction. So I think, you know, it really does focus on design, but with the Amazon budget that they had, I just think some of it just does not make sense on making it right. It's You don't see the seamstresses putting together the clothes, so you have no idea how that goes down. Um, they have to be putting together like a, some kind of tech path, and then they have to be cutting patterns. And essentially, they have, they've also cast people that didn't even know how to sew or pattern. So I don't think that the playing field is fair in any way whatsoever. Um, so I got to tell you, I'm a little confused. Wow. Yeah, the dynamic is very strange for me. But I'm, I'm rooting for my friends. Um, Will Renat and and Martha. So, yeah. I, I uh, one one question for me is: We know that right now you're doing you're making masks for people. Yes. We know that's one of your projects that you have coming up. How many have you made? Um, and are you donating them to facilities or just making them for people? 
I am making them mostly for medical facilities and medical professional staff. Um, I will tell you that there's, I, I have a request thing on my website um, where you can kind of go in and request um, these face masks. And I'm doing them by donation only. So I'm not selling them. I'm just donating them because I've gotten so many donations sent to me via pay, a PayPal and Venmo from people wow. that just want to help that can't sew, which is amazing. So like I've, I'm almost gotten over $2,000. Um, that covers the fabric and the elastic, and then also the shipping costs really pile up. Um, so people are really, like, kind of helping out even though they can't sew. But people are putting requests in, and I just ask them, you know, are you medical staff? And most of them are yes, but the other ones yeah. are usually people that are, you know, their immune system is compromised or they're in chemotherapy, and I'm happy to send those as well. Um, so I've gotten as little as, you know, one to two mask requests, which I'm happy to put in an envelope and send, you know, first class mail. But then also I just got a request last week for 250, um, wow. which is wild. But, you know, I, I feel I feel very privileged that even after a stroke one year ago um, this month, I can actually I was able to sew in the competition, but also provide to medical staff that essentially helped me. You know, That's awesome. throughout this whole journey of my life, Incredible. So it's the least I can do to give back. And you know, we're in such trying times now. It's it's my way of right, helping out the right. community. Okay, so do you have any other projects coming up that we should keep an eye out for? And tell tell your fans how they can follow you. Yeah, sure. I'm actually about to launch um, a big line of screen printed tees and apparel, um, which is going to then fund my spring summer 21 collection. I usually only do one big collection a year. I mean, it's kind of seasonless. So that's going to be funding the big collection that people can buy the fashion pieces and my, my t-shirts and my sweatshirts always sell out. So it's going to be really good stuff. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram. That's one of the big um, platforms that I really show all of my new work. Um, it's at BrittanyAllen.ATX. And my website is easy enough. It's shopbrittanyallen.com. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to be announcing all of those launches pretty soon. So it's going to be really exciting to see, you know, people snag those merchandise pieces in order to fund the really big, exciting fashion statement garment. My final question is, can you tell me where to find Lysol spray or disinfectant wipes? That's a good question. I have to, um, I have to have my my grandmother from Arkansas ship them to me. So oh my God. in Austin. It's crazy. Good question. I also look on Amazon. They're gone. I know. It's yeah, you need to put some in a Ziploc bag, a girlfriend. I'll ship them to you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but on a serious note, you know, everybody knows um, the podcast is all about getting the dirt getting a little dirty, having freaking tons of fun, um, not being like any other podcast, but also, too, about shining the light on the guests that we have on, and we are all about positivity as well. So, Brittany, final question. Can you tell fans and people that are listening, um, what is the most positive thing that you took away from doing Project Runway? And also, can you tell fans one thing besides a person that inspires you? I'm very inspired by art. So color, art, color is my jam. Um, I love pop artists like Ashley Youngshore, which is so crazy that she was even there for a challenge. 
Um, but I look at like artwork and how people are mixing unconventional things that you wouldn't think would be mixed together, like stripes and polka dots. Um, but one of the most positive things I think that I took away from the, the show is that, you know, if you're so passionate about something that you, you really will do anything to, you know, follow this path of the things that you love, there is a place for you. Like no matter what, there is a place for you and you should put those blinders on and really just kind of hone into your aesthetic and what you do amazingly. Because if you look around to around the people that, you know, are also creating and are also designers and you're comparing yourself to them, they're already making something that has been done or, you know, their aesthetic is their aesthetic. So if you're trying to copy them or to try to follow in the path that they are, it's really, it's something that's already been done and you're not being a hundred percent yourself. So for me, it was really about getting over that self doubt and knowing that I actually do have a place in this industry and I do create beautiful things and people do love my aesthetic. To Brittany, thank you so much for joining with us. Thank you so oh much God. for joining so us. Fun. Thank you so much for getting dirty with us. People, <laughs> because Brittany got so dirty, you know what we're going to do. We're going to put her in the shower and clean her <laughs> up. This is Ray. <laughs> this is Ray. That's my co-host, Linda. That's Brittany. Make sure you check her out. Let's put her in the shower and wash her off. Until next time, everybody.